Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Hangouts and Headlines, November 7th, 2022. And yes, that is a Monday. So happy Monday, everybody. I hope you had a great weekend. I certainly did. I was online a lot, which we will talk about because it's part of why this weekend was so great. Uh, but I want to know what you guys have been up to. I want to know if you've been, <clears throat> excuse me, Monday morning already with uh, tickles in the throat. Uh, I hope you guys have been having a great time. And otherwise, if you weren't with us for Ian Runkle's 24-hour stream on Saturday, uh, I want to hear about what you were up to, whether it was watching College Football Madness, Michigan still undefeated. I have to mention that as long as it's true, as long as it's true, uh, and uh, anything else that might be going on. So, folks, hangout time. How's your weekend? How's your Monday? How does your week look? Where are you hanging out from? And obviously, I think if you're in the United Kingdom specifically, but maybe more of Europe, this is a new time, same time as the old time, but a new time because we don't change our daylight savings times at the same time. I said time a lot there. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> and already the Heathers with a super sticker. Thank you so much, Heathers. I appreciate you. And thank you for supporting the channel. Don Liner with a good morning from Orlando. Hello, Orlando. I hope it's lovely there. Swing dancing has two primary forms, West Coast and East Coast. The difference being the counts and the step patterns. All right, swing dancing. So if you followed me on the BitCast yesterday, one of the things that you might have seen is that uh, we had a question about country swing dancing. And I wanted to know what the difference between swing dancing and country swing dancing was. And I, I think we're going to get a little bit of information here. So thank you so much, Don. I really, really appreciate it. We got part two. We got part two. Country swing dancing takes the classic Texas two-step note, not a regular two-step, which has a smaller, less exaggerated third step. I think I, I skipped one. I was two to four. Oh, sorry. All right. We're going to we're, we're make this even more complicated than usual. The other form that's less known today is the Lindy Hop, which is most closely related to East Coast, though it has connection to West Coast, too. This is this is good information. I know none of these words that you are saying, uh, but I am curious about these various differences. So you've got a Lindy Hop, you've got a Texas two-step, and that merges it with the style and moves, dip spins, flips, etc., of East Coast and Lindy Hop. So that's country swing. Takes the Texas two-step, adds the Lindy Hop, some of the fancy stuff you're familiar with from late 1990s swing dance videos and puts it all together. And if I understand this correctly, Don, you were in a contest this weekend about country swing dancing. And I think that's super cool. I think that is super cool. So thank you for sharing with me exactly what it is because I otherwise sincerely had no idea. My, my connection with swing dancing really does come primarily from that late 1990s era where if you weren't around for that, Swing dancing was all the rage, all the rage. Tanya says, hi, Hogue. You're saving my sanity and day-to-day -day hug emoji. I haven't even spoken yet, Tanya. Well, I am glad. I am hopeful that we can have a lot of fun this morning. As I said in the tweet where I was talking about this video, we're back to basics here today. This kind of article is exactly the kind of article that while I'm covering uh, Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard with Alita at Legal Bites, and we're finishing off in hour 15 or whatever. I'm pulling up the headlines from that day and saying, what in the world? And that ultimately leads to headlines, which is the name of the very first episode of this series, and then ultimately hangouts and headlines. But I realized we have a lot to chat with. We have a lot to talk about. 
outside of those headlines and making it a little bit more of a morning show, a little bit more of a chill environment here, especially given the, the time slot that we have. Uh, so this article today is going to be very much of that ilk. You'll see it's not terribly well substantiated. It doesn't have a lot of information. It doesn't impart a lot of knowledge. It just takes swipes at Johnny Depp. Uh, and uh, we're, we're here to discuss those things. So thank you so much. Uh, and I hope that we have an absolutely great time this morning. That's Sarah says, I took Lindy Hop classes years ago. Awesome. That is fantastic. I might have taken, I might have taken swing dances back when I was in college. Maybe. I don't remember. I don't remember exactly. I definitely took dance with my then girlfriend, now co-counsel uh, in college, but I, I don't remember whether it was swing dance specifically. Abigail says, my sister knows Lindy Hop and East Coast Swing. All right. All right. See here. Morning from Warrington, England says Kim Wood, if she could. I watched that. <laughs> uh, I watched that Orgasm Inc. documentary and was horrified. The stuff that went down there is way worse than I was expecting. Yes, Rob of Friday Night Frenzy fame, uh, as well as uh, Trials of the Century, was on the Ian Runkle stream this weekend, was explaining to me what they went over on the Friday night. And my goodness gracious, it really is a Friday night frenzy when Rob gets going. Uh, so check out that video as well, the archive. I think he's on for four hours or five hours that night. Uh, and, uh, and and go watch that. <clears throat> Fun fact, Hogue is an excellent dancer. I don't believe this to be true. I believe you're being gaslit. <clears throat> I think co-counsel co -counsel is gaslighting you. Monday morning, folks. <laughs> uh, the Peace Patch. Good morning, Hoagie. Sunny morning here in Pennsylvania, sipping my coffee and listening in while I get some work done. Good morning, Peace Patch. <clears throat> Britt Cormier says, seeing Don Linehart's chats reminds me what I must sound like when I talk to non-gamers. I love it. I love getting that extra information. Uh, and I love getting uh, uh, the, the details there. But yeah, that you get terminology that you just don't recognize. Uh, so I'm not familiar with Lindy Hop. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not familiar with uh, the Texas Two Step. And I have, in terms of the origin of the Lindy Hop, does that have anything to do with Charles Lindbergh? I feel like it might, but I don't know if that was in a class I learned, or I'm just making things up now. I don't want to be misinforming. You know, I don't want anybody at YouTube to get mad at uh, Hangouts and Headlines here this morning. Chrissy says, there was that movie Swing Kids. I think we watched that in a history class. There was that movie. I think that went wrong. That was uh, that, that was some dramatic stuff in that particular movie. I like to keep the dancing a lot more lighthearted than that. <laughs> uh, Ningal, 1994. Nine Inch Nails. Darn it, Richard. It's like responding to me reading the name right now. I, that name does not say Nine Inch Nails. It says Nin. So we have options here. We have to be consistent, Nin Gal, 1994, which is, should I be trying to guess as to what every capitalized set of letters in a name or comment otherwise stands for and putting that into my readings? Or should I just read it as read? I don't know. I don't know. But since you have super chatted and since you have expressed that you would like this to say Nine Inch Nails, Gal 1994. I will try to remember that. Thank you for the super chat. 
Oh, it's a fun morning this morning on Monday, isn't it? <clears throat> uh, Rob now also has the Innocence Project with Scott. Oh, I think I knew that. I think I knew that. I haven't seen that one yet. Is it good? I'm sorry about that. I have not seen that one yet. Patty McDaniel says, love your contacts and definitely love your time zone, but mostly love you and Mrs. Hug. Oh, that is very nice. Yeah, the time zones bounce around. I think we're set right now, although I might be putting up a poll later on uh, to ask about this time frame. Folks have asked me to move it a bunch now in the recent uh, in the recent past few days. So I would like to ask the question of whether this time frame continues to work for everybody, whether that people would like to see a different time frame. Uh, and I'll probably put that up as a community post uh, just to ask the question. No promises. Uh, this is a time that definitely works for me and in, in running the firm. But I'm always open to trying to talk to the community and see exactly what they like and don't like. And obviously, you know, the, the, the Ian Runkles of the world, speaking of uh, our favorite Canadian, uh, would love to see it a little bit later in the day uh, so that he could pop in a little bit more. Uh, but uh, we will see. We, we, we're not going to let Runkle run the channel. Chris Mullen, poor Runkle. Rob left him with the article to read while he went on a break. It was hilarious. Is that is that how that went down? Is that why Ian only gets three hours of sleep before a 24-hour marathon on Saturday? Which you would we, we should talk about actually really quickly here. So one of the things I wanted to just kind of inform people of if they didn't see it was that Mr. Runkle, Runkle of the Bailey, Roll of Law, one of our favorite lawyers and dragons, uh, had an extra live stream, which if you aren't familiar with it, is a kind of charity organizing campaign for getting money to these hospitals, Children's Miracle Network hospitals, I think primarily. Uh, and Ian went on for 24 hours straight playing video games uh, and was a very tired Ian at the end of that stream. Uh, but a lot of people came out to try to help and try to buoy and try to keep them awake and, and do those kinds of things. I was probably on that stream. If you're looking for just extra Hogue uh, action uh, this weekend, I was probably on that stream for seven or eight hours uh, spread out across two different sessions with the Michigan football game in the middle because, hey, I'm on brand. Uh, but he set a goal for himself to make $2,500 for the uh, Stollery Children's Hospital here. And people in the community went nuts. They went crazy. Everybody was awesome. Everybody was fantastic. And at the end of that day, you can see here, he has already raised $51,761. And that link is still open, folks, if you have any desire to, to add to that total. But it was just such a cool day. There are 24 hours of video of Ian talking to various people, including myself across that time frame. I, I just want to you know, give it up to him. That is a crazy amount of time, a crazy amount of effort, uh, kind of wrecking your body for a day, especially when you go on with Rob and he makes you read ridiculous articles about Netflix controversies and you get two hours of sleep or three hours of sleep uh, before you go uh, on. Uh, I just want to give a big shout out to him. It was a lot of fun this weekend on Saturday. It was amazing. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, mean, I can't, I say it's tired Ian at the end of that stream. You want to see tired Hogue? There's plenty of tired Hogue at the end of that stream as well. It was two in the morning here when we were wrapping that up. Uh, so please do check that out. Uh, it was really, really fantastic. And I'm really, really proud of him uh, and everybody that came out, everybody that donated, everybody that just chatted and helped keep him awake and helped keep him going. It was, it was a really, it was a really good time, a satisfying time, fulfilling time. I know that Ian has long wanted to uh, basically use his rapid growth on this platform for good. Uh, and so if you're following him on Twitter, you can also see him talk about how, uh, how much it means to him and things like that. And I, I just want to give that shout out because it was, uh, it was pretty amazing. It was pretty amazing. 
Jay Birdie Lewis with a super chat. Thank you so much. These dances mean nothing, but maybe that's because I'm an Aussie. Is Amber Heard's appeal still incoming? Yes, we'll talk about that. What are her timeframes for filing? Uh, there are various reports on there. Uh, there are extensions that you can ask for. Uh, Rob knows the Virginia civil procedure a little bit better than I do, a lot better than I do, let's just be frank. Uh, but uh, it appears that she has like another month, give or take, uh, to file her brief. Everybody's been filed in terms of notice. Everybody's filed their notice of errors. Everybody's done those kinds of things. Now we're getting kind of the argument uh, from these two parties. Uh, and Amber Heard was supposed to have entered her brief at the same time as Johnny Depp. She asked for an extension. There is nothing to read into there. Extensions happen all the time. They're basically granted uh, by right. Not exactly a court could deny them, but they're, they're almost certainly going to be allowed uh, if it's a reasonable say, hey, look, you know, workflow, whatever. We're going to need a little bit more time for this. It's a big document. Uh, and it appears that she's gotten that. So Amber Heard's will come in. We'll probably report on that. Probably we'll do it. Well, the way we're going to do it today, which is when I get to the brief, we're going to talk about it really briefly. Monday morning, folks. Uh, but my colleagues will have already read it in depth. So one thing I will say when we get to that brief is I think Emily D. Baker has covered it. I think Alita at Legal Bites has covered it. I think Ian Runkle at Runkle of the Bailey has covered it. I think Rob at Friday Night Frenzy has covered it. I, and I am sure many more. So it's one of those things where we're going to do a light reading. We're not going to do this kind of in-depth reading because I think there's so many people that have such great insights that I'm going to send you to. We're going to continue to talk about things from the media coverage perspective, uh, and there's going to be media coverage of Amber Heard's appeal. So we will almost certainly have a headlines about that because I am sure there will be such, such wonderful takes as the take we are going to be analyzing today from technically the AV Club but as published in Yahoo News and Yahoo Entertainment, which is a big deal, as we'll also talk about, because Yahoo is a very well-traveled news and information website. Uh, and I don't know whether you use Yahoo or not, but a lot of people do. And one of the things I try to emphasize in headlines, not always, because some takes are just so ridiculous, they need to be highlighted, is we want to talk about things that are actually reaching people and things that might otherwise be either informing or manipulating that information for people with big websites and big attendance. So we'll, we'll be talking about those as well. Thank you so much, Jay Birdie Lewis. Chrissy Lee with a super chat, listening on my way to the hospital for surgery. Good luck, Chrissy. I hope it goes well, whatever you got going on. Thank you so much for the distraction. Happy face emoji, heart emoji. I really do hope it goes well. Surgery can be a scary thing, uh, but we'll be thinking about you. And thanks for popping in this morning and for the lovely super chat. That is really Really awesome. Mr. Upper Torso says, I think the donations are still open until December for Ian Runkle. I believe that's right. I believe he said some date in December for that link being open. So if you want to check that out, please do check it out. Everyday Cowgirl already without a poll doesn't need a community post. No, I listen every day while cleaning stalls. If you move it, I won't be able to listen live. This is fair. I, I'm going to take everybody under advisement. I don't think I'm going to move this time but I got a lot of requests over the last couple of weeks. And I think it might've just been because the daylight savings time was misaligned. Uh, but I want to put up the poll. I want to talk to the community a little bit more about what we're doing and what they want to see us do. Uh, because I think, I think that's useful. I think that's the, the point of having a community and I want to be respectful of all of your time and provide value where I can. Uh, and if it's seven 30 in the morning, great. If everybody were to come out and say, actually Rick, we really wanted at eight 30. Okay. We'll, we'll reflect on that. If everybody comes out and says six 30, Probably going to say no. <laughs> this is probably this is probably as early as I can regularly pull it off. Uh, is voting for a 24-hour stream also an option? Just asking for a friend. I don't know what that would look like. Um, 
if I just had a camera following me around 24-7, Truman Show style, I think I think you would rapidly grow bored with it unless you just want me in the corner typing with the occasional yelling and opposing counsel or uh, getting upset at my IT infrastructure not working. Maybe that maybe that's a good stream. I, it's different. It's different content. It's different. <laughs> uh, Heather's Ian grew a COVID beard. Oh, yes. Ian, I, I joke about it at the end of his video, but he was an absolute mess going into the week before the, the stream. And he's a trooper to have pulled it off. But yeah, he's got it. He's got a COVID look. <laughs> Calista says, oh, over 50,000. It was. I ended up dropping out of the thing early because I started feeling sick yesterday. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yes, crossed 50,000. We also have to give a shout out to Emily D. Baker, who put in more than 4,000 herself in the last couple of hours of the stream, uh, and which is just incredible. Uh, and that, that money uh, is going to go help sick kids. So it just feels great all around from everybody. Absolutely everybody. 7.30 is perfect. I listen while getting my son ready for school and getting my day started. Thank you so much, Aaron. I do expect that the people that are currently here at 7.30 are going to think 7.30 is fine. I just want to make sure that that's kind of shared across the, the community, but I really don't think it's going to change. I just want to make sure I ask the question. I appreciate I appreciate these comments. Don, Lindy originally in Harlem, if I recall correctly, out of the Charleston. Okay. These are things I don't know. Fantastic, Don. I appreciate the super chats and the information. I love learning about topics that I have no idea on uh, because I think that is, that's cool. That's part of the fun of living. Part of the fun of living, folks. <clears throat> Nine inch nails, gal, 1994. Three laughing emojis. I know you've been playing on it. That smirking little head wiggle, as you say, Nin gives you away. Oh my goodness. Am I going to be on like a, a behavioral analysis uh, video at some point? Laughing emoji. I I know what you want it to stand for. I can say it properly. I just uh, you know I'm uh, I'm a stickler for details, and that says Nin. Uh, Ardo Onice, he got over 50,000. He sure did. It was amazing. 2,500 was such a low ball. Ian totally undersold himself. You know, there's, there is a, there is a bit of, uh, gamesmanship in these kinds of things, but I think he had a justified 2,500 because that was the highest that he had ever gotten for extra life. Obviously this was a game changing year for a lot of folks on YouTube. Uh, and honestly, because of the trial we're going to talk about today, uh, in the, in the headlines. Uh, but uh, Ian said, hey, I've only ever gotten to 2,500. Let's put 2,500 on and then let's change it if we exceed it. And so he did that all day. I think by the time I woke up, uh, he was at $25,000. Uh, he's just uh, incredible and it was an incredible day. So I definitely recommend watching the whole, whole, whole stream. A lot of interesting conversations and I'm on there. So, you know, that's fun. Secret Mixed World says $55,000 would be a nice round number. It would be a nice round number. Not impossible. There's like a month between uh, here and there. Uh, and uh, he uh, he deserves it. He did amazing. He was up to 10,000 before the stream even started. Oh, yes. I think Rob was pumping him uh, on Friday Night Frenzy, right? So the link opens up before the stream. Hey, I think it's fantastic. Rob gave him the actual pleading for the for the article we were talking about today. And uh, yes, yeah, yeah that, that would have been that would have been fun. That would have been fun. Ian says he was carried by a tide of awesome friends, chat, etc. Yeah, you could you could see chat was booing him. He was if you ever flagged, you'd get awesome conversations. You had people on the stream. It was a lot of fun. Don Hogue, tell chat about those dickle chips Ian loves. 
you know, and what in the morning when you're just chatting and you're looking at exactly what to describe and what people are talking about. And your friend says, I really like to drink pickle juice and whiskey. Sometimes you just misstate what it is that he said while you're asking him a question about it. That just happens. Uh, and that is the fun of a 24 hour live stream. I'm glad I could contribute, Don. I'm glad I could contribute. <laughs> uh, SB in Tennessee says, my youngest was five weeks preemie. Then at four weeks old, got RSV and was incubated in the PICU at Hasbro Children's Hospital. Best charities are for kids. Charities are awesome. Kids charities, I, it's, it's easy to get behind. Uh, and I'm so glad that uh, the, the Stollery, uh, which is not a hospital I know or, or a foundation that I know, is going to get uh, this big, this big, I wish it were a novelty check uh, from, uh, from Ian Runkle and, uh, and the contributors of that. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's easy to get behind. So thank you so much for sharing your story, SB. And I'm really glad that we were able to do it. Uh, LawTube offered fabulous support over those 24 hours. Kurt stepping in so he could do D&D &D was so nice. Kurt is a stand-up guy and friend. Kurt covered his stream while he was with us on Saturday morning or specifically Saturday afternoon this week from noon to two. Uh, and uh, yes, we had been talking about how that was going to go down and then Kurt stepped in. So that is very, very cool of him to do. Uh, very cool indeed. And then I got I to gotta scroll past some Sarahs. I got a lot of Sarahs here now chatting with each other. Kelly, question, why is Elon waiting until after midterms to charge $8 for the blue check? I think because it was broken. I think it was because it was broken. There's a really strong chance today's video is going to be on Elon week two. So I will have more to say on that, I believe, my virtual legality video. Uh, but yes, there were reports when they hit the button on the Apple iOS app. Uh, that you could go and buy that and it wasn't appearing. I, I don't think they got the coding done in time. I mean, I understand Elon bought this thing like 10 days ago, something like that. Had his engineering team put up this uh, put up this power to go get a check mark yourself with a subscription. Uh, and I don't think I don't think it worked. I don't think it worked. Uh, and so they're they're moving it till after the midterm because I think frankly, I don't think the button works. You can have more conspiracy theories than that if you want, but Everybody's already losing their minds. Probably that's the tact I'm going to take on the virtual legality. Uh, there is uh, there's a whole lot of argumentation about journalism and headlines and things like that. So, ooh, I don't know. I don't know whether I'll cover that in virtual legality or we'll do Elon Musk stuff tomorrow or both, uh, because there's just a lot going on there. Giselle says I've never heard of a sore winner before. Oh, I've I've heard it a lot. Uh, this was one of those things that uh, was ingrained in me from youth sports, right? Everybody that wins at anything has this, you know, rush of, ah, I beat you. I am, I have, I have bested you. I am better than you at whatever activity or as a person. And one of the things that they try to teach you, and this is pretty core to my philosophies as well, is like, no, you have, you have won this game. Try not to gloat. Try not to bloviate. Try not to rub it in, you might have heard. Uh, and that is the distinction between a good winner and a sore uh, winner, which is, yeah, you go out there and you just gloat over things as, as if it matters with respect to sports and whatnot. Uh, and so the accusation here is that uh, Johnny Depp won his case, which is interesting to see acknowledged from the AV Club because they really haven't done that in their other articles, but fine. Johnny Depp won his case and, in, and is now just rubbing it in by even bothering to appeal 
What is to any normal person a huge litigation expense of $2 million? How dare you appeal that $2 million verdict you think is in error? How dare you? We'll get to that. We will We will 100% get to that. Uh, Allison says, it's like he filed on time and she got an extension, so everyone is only running with the fact that he has filed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's exactly what has happened. There's only one side of the story to actually report on right now, and so you're seeing all the various outlets kind of report on it from their own slant which also dovetails with the journalism story on Elon Musk. Habeck says, kind of blows my mind that people still use Yahoo. A lot of people. Barely hear about it since it's heyday in the naughties. Uh, yeah, a lot of people still use Yahoo. I actually pulled up a, a screenshot of it being one of the one of the top 10 uh, news sites. Uh, and I think we have to remember that, that not everybody gets their news in the same place. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. I try to focus on places where the news is actually getting out there. Uh, the AV Club article is then licensed by Yahoo. We've seen Yahoo have issues with licensing. We've seen USA Today have issues with licensing and some of their gaming articles. We've talked about that uh, on this channel. And so we'll also talk about licensing. You, you have to be a little bit careful about just handing over the reins of your masthead uh, over over to uh, someone else. Lilith says, this is way too early for me. I'm gone. I wish you well. Fair enough, Lilith. Thank you for joining us for a little bit. Uh, I appreciate it. Disney Nerd 85. Good morning, Hoke fam. I got engaged to my boyfriend of almost 10 years last week. You did not. You did not. I thought you said you were having a bad week. That is awesome, Disney Nerd 85. Congratulations to you. I hope you have a wonderful engagement period. Mine was five years long. May it be shorter. Uh, and I hope you have a wonderful marriage. And I'm just excited for you. I think it's great. Congratulations. Nine Inch Nails Gal 1994. By the way, Aussie is Oze, like Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, I'm sorry. Aussie is not like Oze. Aussie is like Ozzy, like Ozzy Osbourne. So it's not Aussie. I'm giving too much power to that you. i am got to go with Ozzy. I'll try to remember that as well. Nine Inch Nails Gal, 1994. You see the processing there as I, as I go through and get the names right. You're, 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 you're on me for pronunciation and naming today, but I love it. Good to have you here this morning. <clears throat> Robbie Dobby, I like starting the day off with hangouts and headlines, but I will watch no matter what time you choose. That is very nice of you to say, Robbie. Thank you so much. Uh, MTN Princess, probably Mountain Princess, 207. It's a picture of a mountain. I'm thinking it's mountain. I like this time. We have morning meeting at 830, so it gets me ready for the day. I finish on the replay crew. Okay, fantastic. I love it. Sibling Creature second the request not to make it later. Daylight savings changes have already pushed it back from 930 to 1130. How did it move it two hours? That must be a difference between jurisdictions. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, Editor Daniel Marie, I like the morning time a lot. I usually don't get on until 8 a.m., so a bit later is fine, but not much. This is my morning show. All right. I like these votes. I like this input. I like this information. Co-counsel says chat is funny this morning. Chat is having a good time. <laughs> 7.30, it works. Don't move it. 7.30 is good. This time is early for me. I'm on Mountain, but it has helped me to get on a schedule. Honestly, Midnight Jerry, it's helped me get on a schedule too. <laughs> uh, it's like having a meeting every morning. It's a lot of fun. Nine Inch Nails Gal 1994, no Spidey needed, just mom powers or mum powers. 
happy laughing emoji. Fair enough. Fair enough. I like to have fun. You know me. I like, I like my dad jokes. Sharon says I'm retired. So anytime works for me, really, I will default my opinion to those with time constraints. I'm sure you can figure out what works best for most. Yeah. That Sarah, you learned a lot about Sarah and Sarah. Sarah, Sarah. Uh, on Saturday too, laughing, rolling on the floor emoji. Absolutely that Sarah. I have seen more variations on the name Sarah than I can even count over the past few weeks of dealing uh, with uh, with chat and uh, charity streams. Uh, Sharon says you could do an Elon Musk video every single day at this rate. Well, one of the questions I always have is, how many topics do you put into a video, right? Just talking honestly about kind of planning out the channel here. Do I make a video that kind of takes every bit of the Elon Musk story over the last six days, seven days, and cover it all? Do I cover layoffs and Warn Act and verification and parody and discussions with Jack Dorsey on Twitter and various other things? Do I put that all in one video? That'll get pretty long. Do I separate that out to say, let's talk about journalists and verification badges and make that one 20 minute, 30 minute video probably. Um, what do I do with that? Do I separate it out into hangouts and headlines? We're talking about a tech company on tech news dealing with journalists and headlines. I don't know. So I have to think about these things, try to decide how I'm going to put them out there, also fit them in to some other stuff I have to do. You don't have to worry about that, but I have to review some documents, I have some client calls, you know how it is, uh, and figure out exactly how that's going to work. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's a fun thing to think about. I love learning new things, but I cannot, I, in fact, I can promise you I don't do it the best, right? There are, there are a lot of ways to go about these things, and I can promise you my way is not the way that maximizes YouTube's love of me or the algorithm, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> uh, Don Liner with another super chat. Thank you so much, Don. Ian's fourth overall, but number one by miles for Stollery, which is part of the Children's Miracle Network and located in Edmonton, Canada, focuses on cancer, if I recall correctly. That's awesome. Yeah, I believe Ian mentioned on his stream that he actually got contacted uh, by one of the chief officers at the hospital and offered to, him, offered to give him a tour as they were watching his number grow for them uh, as part of Extra Life. So I think that is awesome. Jacob asks, Hogue, is it Hogue or Hogue? Because your YouTube name is Hogue, but people here seem to call you Hogue uh, with an A. Uh, my name is E, it's H-O-E-G, uh, but H-O-A-G is a very common spelling of the name. So I never get upset uh, about that. Yes, my spelling is actually E-E-G. If I take this off, I think you'll see that pop up. Yep, it's right here in the corner. Uh, but uh, I don't, it, it doesn't bother me. I also tell clients or prospective clients, hey, I take all variations of Richard, whatever you want to call me. Richard, Rick, Ricky, Dick, Ricky baby, cash money, really anything that you want to call me is a-okay with me. I, uh, I get used to all sorts of names, especially working online. <laughs> uh, there were a lot of congratulations to Disney Nerd 85. I love it. Absolutely. Getting engaged is exciting. Uh, people excited about Andor. I love Andor. Andor is fantastic. Uh, my, my favorite thing from Disney Plus and Star Wars uh, by a mile, by a mile. Melanie Chambers, I don't think she will ever pay the 10 million, Amber Heard, but she will get to walk away with another 2 million if Johnny Depp doesn't win his appeal. Yes. Yeah. So she won a uh, claim against Johnny Depp for the statements of his lawyer, Adam Waldman, 
and she was gained, she was uh, granted two million dollars to collect uh, by the jury. So yes, you could have a set off agreement, you know, between Johnny Depp's ten and her two, uh, but otherwise she gets uh, two million dollars. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of congratulations. Lots of people excited this morning. I'd love to see that on a Monday. The weeks can get long, especially as we head into winter. It's so nice to have good news. Caffeine Junkie says, hang on some headlines is my dinner companion. How late do you want me to eat? Oh, no, I'm keeping food out of the out of the mouths of Caffeine Junkie. Well, that's a good point. I don't want to delay your dinner. That's uh, that's definitely something I'm going to take into account. Nine Inch Nails, Gallon 1994. DLS started on my side of the world, hence two hours. Oh, is it really two hours different uh, from what it would be when we're more aligned? That is really interesting. Time zones, crazy, man. It's like magnets. How do they work? Wild, 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 wild. Alexa says, my dad spells me Sarah. My mom spells me Sarah. Fair enough. Reasonable Glittermass says, if you move the start hour, you maybe lose your Central Europeans who are having an early lunch, at least in the chat. I'm sure they'll be in the replay crew. It's fair. It's fair. I have, and I saw a comment to my post on our daylight savings uh, ending. I have uh, as much trouble figuring out where you all are and what time of day it is for you as you do for me sometimes. Anna Heather, good morning, Hogue House. It's always a happy morning when I make a live stream. Happy emoji. Good morning, Anna. I hope you're having a great one already today, even though it is super early for all of us. Uh, the parody thing is wild. God had to add parody to their account. Uh, laughing emoji. Yes. Well, <sighs> Elon Musk is definitely in the tech mode of going fast and breaking things, uh, disrupting. After the other aspect of the layoff news is that uh, it has recently come that they are saying that some of the layoffs were wrong and they're trying to get some people back. I mean, it's a whole thing. Uh, so I definitely want to talk about a lot of that stuff because it's wild. But otherwise, it is uh, it is it is funny to see Elon Musk kind of scrambling around trying to figure out how he wants to treat uh, Twitter. Do a Hangouts and Headlines and a live virtual reality about Elon. More videos to watch. Do both. Do both. Uh, Tay, my favorite was Hogue's musical sing-along, especially Les Mis, towards the end of the charity live stream. I did sing some Les Mis. If that's, if that's going to float your boat, I was singing Les Mis. I think I sang some Phantom of the Opera. Um, it's, uh, it's for charity, folks. It's for charity. Uh, and uh, yes, it was, it was amusing. Emily D. Baker was in the chat uh, trying to prompt me with uh, Phantom of the Opera quotes. It was, uh, it was a good time. It's a good time for everybody, for a good cause. Ian is the number one Canadian officially, presumably just with the charity and the extra life, not just in general. I don't know if they acknowledge a number one Canadian as a person, but Ian would probably be up there, I think. Definitely. Uh, Ricky Baby. Yeah, Ricky Baby. Why not? You want to call me Ricky Baby? Sure. I had a client that called me Ricky Baby. Oh, cash money law. Sure. Cash money is a joke. Uh, there's uh, been a number of board games that I've played, especially with my brother and my family. And you would put in a, a name uh, for your character or what have you. Or, or think of like Jackbox, if you've seen that played online. Uh, and I would joke that, uh, wow, clearly everybody calls me cash money. And that slowly became something that I use as a name uh, pretty regularly uh, because it's ridiculous. Nobody would ever call me cash money. <laughs> Rick Cormier, I cannot believe I'm about to give advice on how to do this. You do one live long stream, one 
long live stream that covers everything, then you break that up into sim smaller individual clips. Works once, profit twice. I think I think that's how Kurt does his channel. I think he does the, the big ones and then he strikes the archive and then he makes the smaller ones into the episodes. I don't know. I don't know. I will take that into account, Britt. I will take that into account. Like I said, we don't we don't do a great job min-maxing uh, clicks or or revenue or either here on the channel, but I'm always I'm always trying to improve. Always trying to improve. Carrie Harvey Andor is excellent. Andor is excellent. Andor really, really is. Nine Inch Nails Gal, nineteen ninety four. Your American accent is killing me. I bet you say crayon, vehicle, Aaron, and Nissan wrong too. Rolling my eyes emoji, laughing emoji, green heart. Love you, Rick. I don't know. How many of those word pronunciations did I get wrong, Nine Inch Nails Gal? I don't know. <laughs> Co-counsel says most people call him Rick or Rich. This is true. A lot of people call me Rich. Um, I think it's prob primarily when people have another Richard in their life and they are used to calling him Rich. Uh, but uh, I really I really do respond to everything. I sign things on, a legal, on legal documents as Richard. Um, so I, I use all variations of my name. Cash money law is a very different channel. <laughs> yes. What to do with your cash money? Gina says, good morning, Hogue. I set my alarm to get up in time for this every day, but making it earlier would unalive me since I have sleep issues like some lawyer friends you have. Winking emoji. Yeah, it would not be earlier. Gina, I'm going to, I'm just going to say this. If this were going to change in time, it would not be too earlier. There we go. Oh, can't he just go to the bank and say, here's a check for $2 million and here's my judgment for 10 and directly transfer it back? No. Mm -mm. No, you need to have some kind of set-off agreement because otherwise you essentially have two existing liabilities. Yeah, you have one person with a promissory note to the other for $10 million, and you have the other with a promissory note to the, to the first for $2 million, and you can't just set those off by magic. Normal people who aren't fighting like crazy or otherwise entangled in an emotional dispute would say, okay, 10 minus two is eight. You owe me eight. And for that, I will cancel. I will cancel the note that you owe me. Uh, but it might just be the case that you say, no, I want you to have to go through the pain of wiring $2 million or writing a check for $2 million. Should you win the whole appeals process, et cetera. It's, uh, it's a thing. A, a number of jurisdictions, by the way, and this is one of the things that we checked on with Rob and other Virginia uh, lawyers during the coverage, a, a number of jurisdictions would have a set off. If you have these kinds of things, then it's just going to be like kind of held to be an $8 million verdict for one, uh, but not, not Virginia on this stuff. Cast Iron Mama says, you are my morning coffee companions, but seven. I guess this is seven out of a conversation. I just jump into these various things when I see something pretty cool. Wade says parody. He's either announcing himself as a parody to not get booted off of Twitter or just, just talking about parodies in general. That's Sarah. The Elon Jack dynamic is interesting to me from an autistic Asperger's angle both in public perception and how each outwardly expresses it differently. Hmm. Emoji. The conversations that they are having right now in public, which is weird, uh, are interesting uh, because they're fighting over things like the naming of Birdwatch online, on Twitter, to no particular end. Uh, and it does undermine the new CEO from the old CEO. And that is interesting because we also know that they had been texting privately as part of this uh, deal or potential deal. I, uh, you do get the feeling that at least some of the optics at minimum are slipping away 
uh, from Elon Musk. Lucinda, Hogue, opposite seasons on opposite hemispheres. Hence, we go forward when you go back and vice versa. It makes sense. I didn't know this. I'm not a fan of having the clocks move at all. Uh, so it does uh, it does make me a little crazy to have things go from like two hours different depending on what month it is. But yeah, it's fair. Chris says, I was shocked to find out that the God Twitter account is actually a parody account. Shocked. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Katie says, damn, I missed the musical Hogue. You didn't miss it. It's in archives over on Runkle. I come in, uh, I come in for the late night session. So it's the last four hours, something like that. And, uh, I, that's part of, that's part of where I am singing. Definitely. Jacqueline says, I deleted my Twitter a while back because it's just very toxic. And now with all this mess, I'm just going to give it a couple of months. If I ever decide to go back upside down, happy emoji, which might be a sad emoji might be something else. Yeah, I don't blame you. Like I said, all the time, Twitter is a hellscape. Uh, and so I do think it's an inflection point to some extent people are reflecting on whether they want to stay. I don't think it's going to be a lot of people actually leaving end of the day. Nick says cash daddy, Hogue cash daddy. There are worse names. Rob has most of them. There are worse names. Sharon says, I think Elon's mess is certainly worth, worth a hard look and a long look from YouTube stream with gifts. Of course, law tubers, tech people, etc. Uh, yeah, I will keep that in mind. Maybe do a virtual legality live. We'll just split the difference. Uh, but it is, uh, it's a wild story. Can we get an election results live stream tomorrow? Asks Don. I am sure you can, but it won't be here. Um, we're not going to be covering the direct politics, uh, here on the channel. I'm sure there are places that will, we might have headlines to cover coming out of the election. Maybe. Uh, but, uh, no, we won't be doing live stream of election results here, but thank you for the, the request. I, I will keep it in mind. It's just not what we do here. It's not a politics channel. Um, as much as it might look like one on occasion. All right. We are up to speed on uh, chat. So we can talk a little bit about multiple things. We talked about Ian, get the banner down, try to remember to do that. We talked about Ian. Oh, there was one other bit of housekeeping I wanted to do, which is that you might, if you're on virtual legality, and I don't cover this, I probably should do this more in Hangouts and Headlines, you might know that one of the platforms that we use to support the channel is a newish one called Utreon, uh, which is a kind of startup competitor to Patreon, and they, their CEO has been in contact with me, and we've talked through some of the things that they're doing, uh, and they gave us a really fancy, uh, I call it a glow up on Twitter because I'm super hip, hello fellow kids, uh, and uh, I just wanted to show it off. It... Uh, it looks nice. Utreon is doing the work of trying to make me look fancy, which is impressively difficult to do. Uh, now, I believe uh, it was Ian or, or someone else. Oh, my God, you have a Netflix show now. Uh, but they're doing a great job of, of making things look nice, give you a nice place to land. Also provides the videos in a place that is separate. Should YouTube ever decide to just nuke me or nuke itself? Uh, we can have another place to go and have some of that support. Check out the Utreon if you're at all interested. But I just wanted to show off that they did a great job with this. This will probably be the new way that I show this in virtual legality. So very, very cool. Now, on to the headlines. So this is Yahoo Entertainment. As I promised, Yahoo, very, very popular, right? Yahoo is actually a lot more popular than most people probably think. We don't think of Yahoo a lot. Uh, and this is uh, just a kind of random uh, look at the visits in September to various news sites uh, in 2022. Interestingly enough, the BBC is the most traveled news site, at least according to this. We'll take it with a grain of salt, but this is just for illustration. We don't need to depend on these numbers. 
The BBC is number one. You got MSN, CNN. The New York Times, interestingly here, is up 72% year on year. I have no idea what the New York Times did to, to get that big bump, but that's what's being reported here. News at Google's pretty big. Daily Mail, Guardian, Fox. And then here we have it, 9 and 10. Yahoo News. This is actually a little bit confusing. Yahoo breaks up a lot of its news uh, channels into different kind of domains. Uh, so their primary news one, which kind of grabs all of their news, uh, is still number nine. They also have number 10 with finance. We're going to be talking today about entertainment, which we don't have to believe is anywhere near that high, but it's still going to be very well traveled in traffic. So Yahoo Entertainment does what we've seen in the kind of USA Today articles and some other things, which is that they take content from others and they put it on their site. I would be willing to bet because there's a shared ownership interest, but I didn't look that up. So AV Club here, which if you aren't familiar with, is a little bit more of that Gizmodo, Kotaku, half tabloid, half opinion editorial uh, website that you might be used to if that's the kind of uh, internet that you traffic in. They write something like this. Soar winner Johnny Depp appeals $2 million granted to Amber Heard in defamation trial. And that gets picked up by a bigger outlet in Yahoo Entertainment. And then that becomes a very editorialized news article on Amber Heard filing, uh, on Johnny Depp filing his appeal to Amber Heard's judgment. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit because as far as headlines go, this is wildly disingenuous. I know I don't even need to tell you folks that here in chat, that this is an absolutely gaslighting version of events here. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that because that's what we do in headlines. So, sore winner Johnny Depp appeals $2 million granted to Amber Heard in defamation trial. We have to go back a little bit to explain what happened here, just in case anybody doesn't follow Depp v. Heard. So, Johnny Depp sues Amber Heard for making defamatory statements in a 2018 op-ed in Washington Post. He wins on those counts in the Virginia court. That's what we covered for two months. The jury comes back and says, those were defamatory. You win, Johnny Depp. And we try to give you, I think it was $15 million. For reasons under Virginia law, that becomes 10.4, I want to say. Uh, and Johnny Depp has a verdict for $10.4 million. Now, when Johnny Depp files his lawsuit, Amber Heard says, oh, that's uncool. I would prefer not to be sued <clears throat> for millions and millions of dollars in a defamation action. So at one, at one thing I'm going to do here is I'm going to sue you back. I'm going to find something to counter sue you on. And what she found, what her team found, was that Johnny Depp's lawyer went out there in his defense as his lawyer and gave quotes, I believe in this case, to a uh, somewhat tabloidy UK outlet called the Daily Mail, I want to say. Uh, and he gives these counts and he says it's a hoax. She believes it's uh, what she's doing. She's a hoax. Uh, and in one of the statements, which we'll see in the in the brief here, uh, he goes so far as to give descriptions of what that hoax was. Uh, and actually, for whatever reason, the, the brief didn't didn't stay up on my tab. So we're not going to go through the brief, I suppose. Uh, either way, they didn't stay up. Uh, they they the the comment that Mr. Waldman, Johnny Depp's lawyer, gave that said uh, specifics that the jury found to be wrong. They awarded as defamatory to Amber Heard and said, OK, but this isn't the same kind of defamation as effectively you're a domestic abuser. And so this is only two million dollars. And you could say that that's horse trading in the jury room. You could say that doesn't make sense because they always they also gave the win 
to Johnny Depp for when his lawyer said it was a hoax. So the specifics of the hoax really shouldn't matter. There's not additional damages that come from those specifics so much, one could argue. Uh, and that's the state of play when this all happens. Now, if you're keeping track at home, Johnny Depp sues first, Amber Heard countersues. That's totally within her rights. And then what happens after that particular case is that, as we can find here in USA Today, Amber Heard says, I'm going to appeal that because I don't have $10 million to give. And Johnny Depp says, okay, if you're going to appeal, I'm going to appeal too. Or as USA Today puts it in the middle of the summer, Amber Heard files notice to appeal, Johnny Depp verdict to higher court. He intends to appeal too. This actually gets updated a couple of days later and has Johnny Depp filing. As she promised, Amber Heard is appealing the defamation verdict she lost to ex-husband Johnny Depp, formally filing a notice of intent to the Virginia Court of Appeal on Thursday. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. On Friday, Depp's team filed its own notice of intent to appeal the jury's award to Heard of $2 million in damages after agreeing that Depp defamed her through his former lawyer. <clears throat> now, if Ms. Depp's lawyer said in a statement that he believes it's time to move on from the trial, I think this is done. And it certainly sounds and has been presented by Depp's team, and there's really no reason to doubt them on this, that had Amber Heard not appealed, Johnny Depp wouldn't have appealed. As their quote says, if Ms. Heard is determined to pursue further litigation by appealing the verdict, Mr. Depp is filing a concurrent appeal to ensure that the full record and all relevant legal issues are considered by the Court of Appeals. Looking at it this way, right, the legal system, the judiciary, it costs money. Going through this process costs money. There's been huge amounts of money already spent on lawyers. Johnny Depp won his case. He wanted to have a case that said, she's lying about me being an abuser. Jury found that she was lying about him being an abuser. He won. He's satisfied. Did it cost him an extra $2 million? It's probably a budget line item to go with the expenses he's already spending on his legal team. He says, fine, let's let that go. But once she is appealing that verdict, once you already have to go and pay those lawyers to actually use the Virginia Court of Appeals, well, the actual additional marginal cost of appealing yourself is reduced. So this quote makes all the sense in the world to me, which is, okay, if she's going to appeal, I'm going to cross appeal. This is the same as when she says to start this whole thing out, if he's going to sue, if I have to go to a court in Virginia and pay lawyers already, <clears throat> well, we're going to cover my problems with him as well. And that's the state of play. There is nothing gratuitous about this counter appeal. And again, if you think it's wrong, no matter whether you've won a $10 million verdict or not, you don't just say, hey, I had a big payday. I made $1,000. The Olive Garden tried to steal 100 from me, but it's only 100 bucks. I'll just let it go. You say, oh, no, that's worth fighting over. And that's why we talk about this AV Club article as being ridiculous. Sore winner. He's just out there for no reason. It's not like it's worth $2 million to him potentially. He's just out there appealing this thing. How, who could believe it? What a jerk face, right? No. The trial that never ends continues to never end, says the AV Club, remembering that Amber Heard appealed this. Johnny Depp was the clear winner of his U.S. defamation trial against ex-wife Amber Heard. Now that it's, this is an interesting part of headlines and talking about rhetoric and, and journalism, right? I have not heard a place like the AV Club say something as definitive as Johnny Depp was the clear winner of his case. Like that is probably 20 episodes of headlines when we started uh, as the trial concludes over this summer is the fact that so many of these headlines will not acknowledge that there is a jury verdict in Johnny Depp's favor and that he won on all the counts he cared about. They don't talk about it that way until it's useful to them. The AV Club says Johnny Depp won everything. He was the clear winner. 
not only in a legal sense, the jury awarded him $10.4 million. Now, this is important. That's a wrong sentence, right? Talking about journalism. The jury awarded him more than that. Virginia reduced it. That's that's important. It's an important distinction. But also in a cultural sense, he's being propped up by Hollywood again, which is an interesting usage of language as it stands, right? Propped up suggests a weekend at Bernie's style puppetry or maybe getting wooden planks to kind of make sure that he's standing up, that, that Hollywood doesn't actually think Johnny Depp has talent. They're propping him up, which I don't actually think anybody believes. The issue is Johnny Depp clearly has a lot of talent, but his negatives might outweigh his positives. When these type of articles come out, they certainly outweighed the positives for Hollywood for a good chunk of time there uh, between the separation and now. So Hollywood propping him up already is set to imply, oh, he doesn't deserve it. He sucks. All right, AV Club. And has fans everywhere villainizing Heard on social media. There's a lot of villainizing Heard. Understand that what the jury found was that she lied about the most heinous things. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's all right to necessarily villainize without reason, uh, but you can take a look at someone's behaviors and say, either as a person or as a society, that is wrong. We should look negatively at that. Having watched the whole trial myself, I believe she is lying about very heinous things, and that is the act of a villain. We should be looking at that and making judgment calls. That's okay. Prejudging, prejudice, not okay. Post-judging, hey, I saw the evidence in the testimony, that's not okay, is acceptable. Not content, <clears throat> excuse me, not content with the resounding victory, which for context you might want to mention is presently being appealed. Depp has now filed an appeal for the comparatively paltry sum of $2 million granted to her in her countersuit. She was given a pittance. She stood there like Oliver Twist asking for just a bit. And now mean old Johnny Depp for no reason at all. Definitely not because that win that he was granted is being appealed is choosing to punish Ms. Hurd. Again, that's the message they want you to take, folks. That's the message they want you to take out of this presentment. This court should reverse the judgment on Ms. Hurd's counterclaim as to the April 27th Waldman statement, but should otherwise affirm the judgment in Mr. Depp's favor, reads the actor's latest filing in the Virginia's Court of Appeals. I pulled up this link. Hopefully we can get that up. For whatever reason, that tab just disappeared here. The appeal filed by Depp's lawyers Ben Chu and Camille Vazquez decries the judgment in Ms. Hurd's favor as erroneous. It's not a decrying, just a legal term. It is in error. What does the Court of Appeals look for? Errors. <laughs> Even if the court were to conclude that Mr. Depp could be held liable for Mr. Waldman's allegedly tortious conduct, the trial court nonetheless erred in denying Mr. Depp's motion for summary judgment and motion to strike because Ms. Hurd failed to represent evidence to establish one of the required elements of defamation. Specifically, Ms. Hurd failed to present evidence that Mr. Waldman acted with actual malice when he made the April 27th statement. Now understand, this is an actual legal fight. This is the proper kind of thing for a court of appeals to determine because the trial court held that Johnny Depp's malice could be attributed to his agent, Mr. Waldman. And the argument here is that's just the wrong theory of law, which is exactly the kind of thing the court of appeals is designed to determine. Is that a wrong theory of law or is it accurate? If it's a wrong theory of law, then yeah, they can't award on any of these claims. And I tend to believe as I said when we were broadcasting it over the summer, that Adam Waldman, as litigator, as lawyer, 
his statements are going to be litigatory in nature. They're going to be trying to uh, puff up his client. He's going to be responding in a litigation context. And it would be a real problem in a lot of jurisdictions. This wouldn't have precedent in those jurisdictions, but it would be a lot of problems in a number of jurisdictions if lawyers weren't allowed to kind of bloviate, puff up, otherwise zealously advocate for their clients. And that this is actually one of those that hits a little bit close to home as a lawyer who regularly talks for his client, as if they're liable for these kinds of things, which may or may not uh, be defamatory when we get down to it, especially when the word hoax is not, um, that's potentially a problem for actually representing clients. Heard, and you're used to this paragraph, folks, Heard, who presented evidence in a similar UK libel case. Pause. All right. So the UK case is the case of an outlet reporting on things against Johnny Depp. Amber Heard then presents evidence as a non-party to that lawsuit in order to essentially establish how a journalistic outlet could be justified in thinking the way it did and shouldn't be held liable for using some pretty nasty language about Mr. Depp. That is an entirely distinct legal question from the person herself lying about these various things. There is a reason that the Washington Post was not brought up in depth v. heard as a party. And that is because the Washington Post looked at this situation, Amber Heard told them this stuff happened, and the Washington Post can rely on a person who is in these rooms and not get charged with actual malice, def defamation of a public figure, because there's no reason for them to not to know that it is false at that point in time. You don't have to love that. There are, of course, reasons if you're dealing with Amber Heard and seeing the stories that she's telling. But that is an absolute bulwark against a defamation claim. UK law is a little bit different there, and you would think that Johnny Depp would have an easier time of winning. It's one of the reasons he brought the suit over there. But there was always this kind of barrier wall that says Amber Heard told us this. We know this from Amber Heard. We're allowed to rely on Amber Heard and we win. Now, they didn't check the donation. There's a whole pledge donation piece of that. The point is, it is not analogous to the Virginia case. And so many of these outlets, when they try to make these arguments, try to make them suggestive of the fact that, well, the UK held on these. The Virginia case was just ridiculous when it was an entirely different kind of case based on different statements made by her directly. The trick with actual malice is that you have to know of its falsity or be recklessly in disregard of its falsity. And there's no one better place to know when something is false than the person that is in that room. And if you find that that person is not telling you the truth about what happened in that room, which is what the jury found, then actual malice comes with because they have knowledge of its falsity when they lie. That's not the same for the Washington Post or the New York Post or the Daily Mirror or Mail or Times or wherever else you find your news. They can depend on sources and say, look, we went through proper procedure. They lied to us. That's not our fault. Depp's latest filing seems to continue his promise of total global humiliation for his ex. A counter appeal filed only after the initial appeal came in jeopardizing his $10 million win and otherwise using the legal system at no additional cost is total global humiliation. I know he promised it. I testified to this, she said at the time. I'm not a good victim. I get it. I'm not a likable victim. I'm not a perfect victim, but 
I, when I testified, I asked the jury to see me as human and tear his and hear his own words, which is a promise to do this. It feels as though he has. Understand what this reporter does at the end. They take an Amber Heard interview that has nothing to do with him filing a counter appeal. They say it sounds like what she was referencing in her testimony. And then they use the quote of that justification for the total global humiliation and what she did in her trial to suggest to you that Amber Heard herself believes that this cross appeal is this kind of thing that he's trying to tear me down, et cetera. Amber Heard, we can make a lot of comments on Amber Heard. She didn't do this. This quote, however much you might believe it or not believe it, has nothing to do with this appeal. This is the AV club doing the very worst journalism to take quotes out of content, say, hey, it sounds like that, and put that in a different place to make you think that this person sides with them. And it says more from the AV club. It isn't actually anything more. It is simply the same story again with a few less comments. As a kind of example, AV club gets 65 comments uh, on their article. I believe if we scroll down here, you can see there's 379 comments on Yahoo. This is a megaphone, a megaphone of crap, as it turns out, that Yahoo is doing. Taking these kind of small niche blogger style, hey, these are my thoughts, not yours on anything random that I can come up with and broadcasting them to the world as if it were news. So when you talk about journalists, when we talk about verification badges, probably later on this channel, just remember all of the things we've ever talked about in headlines and exactly whether or not there are kind of barriers to the common people and the journalists preventing us from getting to truth if we don't go through some journalistic outlet. I know you don't probably need to be sold on that, but it is very interesting. Uh, now we can see if we could pull up this actual brief here because I had it up for a little while. Oh, fantastic. But like I said, we're not going to go through this in depth uh, because I think there are a lot of lawyers on YouTube you can check out uh, to get their commentary on this. I think it's pretty by the book. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, so we'll just talk about what it is and why I think, honestly, Johnny Depp's case here is, is pretty good. Um, so we'll read through the introduction, really, more than the legalese here. The jury's emphatically favorable verdict on all three defamatory statements alleged in his complaint fully vindicated Mr. Depp and restored his reputation. A little puffery. Indeed, Mr. Depp prevailed in the trial court on virtually all material issues, and the verdict of the jury and judgment of the trial court represent an intelligent and well-reasoned decision on the merits after a full and fair trial and should be largely, though not entirely, affirmed. However, the trial court was confronted with a number of novel and complex legal and factual issues, and although the trial court decided the vast majority of those issues sensibly and correctly, a few rulings were erroneous. So it's a lot of, the trial court did great. Just so we're clear, we have to say the trial court did great because the trial court gave us 95% of the win. Uh, that's the rhetoric here. Mr. Depp does not appeal the verdict on his claim. Uh, nor does he appeal the verdict in his favor on two of the three Waldman statements, which is good. Just so we're clear, Court of Appeals, we're not fighting on all those times we won. His appeal relates solely to the Waldman statement on which Ms. Heard prevailed, a statement in a Daily Mail article dated April 27th, 2020. The judgment in Ms. Heard's favor on that loan statement is erroneous. Mr. Heard, Ms. Heard's claim was fatally flawed, and the trial court should have granted Mr. Depp's motion for summary judgment and his motion to strike the evidence for three reasons. This was one of those, if you remember, that motion to strike comes right after her presentment of the case. And I am live and saying, I think this has a 50-50 chance uh, because they have a strong argument here. And it's 50 in the negative, primarily because trial courts don't like to do that. They've had to spend all the jury's time. They've presented the evidence. They don't like to just say, now nah, you don't get to see it. It's actually not, not sufficient under law. First, Mr. Depp cannot be held liable for Mr. Waldman's statements as a matter of law. 
Ms. Hurd sought to hold Mr. Depp liable for the Waldman statement on a pure theory of vicarious liability, which is generally that an employer is responsible for the acts of their employees, contending that Mr. Depp was liable merely because Mr. Waldman had been retained by Mr. Depp as his attorney and was therefore his agent. But as a matter of law, Mr. Waldman is an independent contractor whose allegedly tortious conduct is not automatically attributable to Mr. Depp. Indeed, a wealth of authority support limiting a client's liability for allegedly tortious conduct by an attorney, and the court should impose that same limit here. Right? And I talked about my own practice on those streams, but I am clearly an independent contractor. And if you don't know the distinction, that's totally okay. An employee is somebody that's basically directed in every aspect of their work. Here are the hours that you have to show up. Here's the uniform that you have to wear. Here's the computer that you have to use. Here's what you have to do to turn in your reports. Uh, here's where you clock in, clock out, whatever it might be. It is control by the employer over the employee. An attorney, especially one working in an independent law firm like Hoag Law, has a number of clients, ideally, if the year's going well. And all of those clients basically have generalized concepts that they want to see achieved. Rick, uh, we want to get this deal done. We're going to need some documents to, to put that deal together. Let's talk about it. And I will go and I put those documents together. They're not going to direct me at what those should look like. We will, of course, have interactions. When I send those, they'll have notes, they'll have comments. But an independent contractor is somebody that gets an overall goal and kind of a concept for maybe a budget or, or time frame considerations, but is otherwise a person that is directed to go figure it out themselves. Uh, a lawyer is pretty much the quintessential independent contractor on this stuff. I have an engagement letter. I sign up with my clients. They say, fantastic. That's a good rate. Hopefully, again, if these conversations are going well, and this is what I need to, to be done, and I want to get this deal done by the end of the year. Fantastic. Let's, let's go make it happen. Uh, and especially when you have multiple clients, it's clear that none of them are your employer because you're working for different people throughout your day. Uh, Adam Waldman said this, said, hey, look, I'm an independent contractor. Uh, and I think Depp's team is right. Second, because Ms. Heard proceeded against Mr. Depp at a, a trial on a purely vicarious theory of liability, she was required to present evidence that Mr. Waldman committed each element of the tort of defamation, included that it acted with actual malice. So again, the trick here is that if it's a purely vicarious act, a, a kind of uh, Johnny Depp is responsible for this other person, the way that that generally works, especially as presented in this brief, is that the person to whom those actions are going to be attributed, that person has to have done all the bad things. Just like if he were on trial, if it were Heard v. Waldman, she would have to show that the statement was there, it was false, he acted with malice about it being false or true, all these various things. And what they did in this particular trial was they said, Adam Waldman doesn't have that malice. He doesn't ever claim to know this. He's got evidence that's been presented to him. He goes out there to the Daily Mail and says, I think it's a hoax, blah, 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 blah. And then Johnny Depp is said to have actual malice because just like we said on the herd side of things, if you're the person that knows the truth or falsity, it's very easy to ascribe actual malice to you because if you're lying, you're lying. The problem is, is how attenuated that gets, right? Because now Adam Waldman's been hired for, by Johnny Depp to be his lawyer. He's going out there with, at least as the Depp team shows, and there's definitely no evidence against this in the trial, Johnny Depp doesn't know what he's going to say. He's not directing his specific statements. Adam Waldman goes out there, maybe gets a little overzealous. Maybe he has liability to Amber Heard, but he's not the pocket that Amber Heard wants to attack. And he goes out there, does a little bit much, and then they want to say, well, Johnny Depp knew that was false. But the problem there is that let's say that's even true. Let's say Johnny Depp knows for a fact that what Adam Waldman said is false. There's no indication that he ever directed Adam Waldman to say that or 
that he knew about those statements when they were made. One of the pieces of evidence that Johnny Depp's team brings up is that there's no evidence that Johnny Depp ever knew about that particular interview or article. And that's a problem because if even you want to impute something, oh, well, he, he should have corrected it. If you didn't know about it, there's no obligation to correct things you don't know about. I know. Surprise. Finally, the April 27th Walbin statement viewed in context is a non-actionable statement of opinion insufficient to support a claim for defamation. And this is the fact versus opinion concept, right? Defamation requires falsity. And so if you say something as an opinion, that can't be disproved. It is not something that is falsifiable, we say. And so they say, look, this description of events is in the context of a litigation argument within this article. And by denying the jury the ability to see the full context of the article, you have changed what he said in its substantive nature. And so that should be corrected as well. So like I said, we're not going to go through this whole document. This is page 12 of 44, but that's basically what you get. Independent contractors under Virginia law, you're not liable for what the independent contractor does. He's clearly an independent contractor. It all should have been kicked out. It's a statement of opinion. We didn't get the right jury instructions and you didn't properly get actual malice in the hands, in the hands of Adam Waldman. So when all of this happens, I think this is pretty a, a pretty good brief on this type of stuff. It doesn't mean the court of appeals is going to go for it. Because at least in optics, you have the same situations you have with the AV club. And I do see some purple hearts flying in here. I would I would gather that Emily D. Baker has entered the chat. Hi, Emily. Good morning. I hope I'm not waking you up too early here. Uh, it is good to see you. And I know, as I said to people, since we're not going to cover this whole brief, I know Emily D. Baker has covered it on her channel. I know Alita at Legal Bites has covered it. I know Rob has covered it. I know Ian has covered it. There are a lot of people to go and get really good insights really good information about this brief in total. We're just covering the introduction here to give color to how ridiculous the AV Club's coverage of this was. Uh, but Johnny Depp, who files second after Amber Heard files her appeal, is not making a specious argument, right? He is not out there making a ridiculous off-in-the-sky argument about getting out of $2 million of liability. He is making an argument that made sense even at the time, even in the moment. You can go check the tapes on that for me. Uh, and when that motion to strike is happening, I'm saying, well, it's it's not impossible because I don't think that they ever made a good case, the Amber Heard team, that Adam Waldman was acting as a direct agent of Johnny Depp or that Johnny Depp had knowledge of the, of the substance of the statements that Mr. Waldman was going to make. So at the end of the day, you've got a perfectly legitimate appeal, which might lose. We don't have to say it's a 100% guarantee. We don't make guarantees as lawyers. It might lose. But, but it might not. It's not a crazy argument. It's only brought after all this happens. The contemporaneous quotes of the appeal being filed at all are like, we'd rather not do this, but if she's going to use the court system, well, I guess we'll show up with our complaint too. And it's being treated in a vacuum like it's an absolutely ridiculous thing. This is kind of the worst of the examples we use in this space. I know that you guys can tell that uh, from your knowledge of Depp v. Heard in general. But it's a real shame that this kind of stuff, which is somewhat closed off with its 65 comments on something like the AV News Club, uh, AV Club, is presented as newswire information here and then rebroadcast by at least a moderately reputable news source in Yahoo Entertainment. So that's the headlines for today. I hope that's useful. We'll definitely be figuring out what else to cover in terms of Elon Musk and this. We fully expect there to be news headlines once the Amber Heard brief comes out there, uh, and we'll see exactly what we decide to cover there. But how do you all feel about all this? What do you think about articles like this one 
honestly, this is the kind of thing, this is the kind of thing that caused hangouts and headlines to exist in the first place. Because this stuff is bad. <laughs> this stuff is openly editorializing, openly framing things incorrectly based on the author's own viewpoint. And maybe it's bad enough that you can tell that and it's not gaslighting or confusing, but man, this is the kind of stuff that really irks me when we look at headlines like this. We do have some super chats to cover. Britt Cormier, AV Club took the journalism lessons from Boozy to the next level. Piecing together statements made months apart instead of hours apart, LOL. Yeah, it's got that feel. She's talking about something completely different. Uh, and that interview was its own problem. I think we covered that in headlines. But then taking that and saying, this feels like that. And then putting that quote as the last getaway line of your article is something else. Whatever the opposite of a chef's kiss is. Giggle in South Carolina. Now that Amber is no longer a U.S. citizen, can all this mess just go away? <laughs> she never says she's not a U.S. citizen. As a matter of fact, her statement in those documents is, I am a U.S. citizen, but I'm not a citizen of any given S being a state in that sentence. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I'm so tired of hearing her name. Facepalm emoji. I'm sorry to hear that giggle in South Carolina. You're going to hear her name a fair amount now that the brief is going to go in. We're going to have the appeals. We're going to cover it. Uh, it's going to be a thing primarily in, in this space from the media coverage angle from spaces like Emily D Baker's and from legal bites and from others, you're going to hear, I think a little bit more about the brief itself. Uh, and you know, maybe I'll pop in on, on various places, but we're going to get plenty of headlines out of this, plenty of articles that, uh, that go a poor direction. Uh, most definitely. Uh, okay, folks, what do you think? Uh, I do see, I, I just had to scroll past all the purple hearts. It's always great to see Emily's community pop around. Always great to see Emily. Fantastic stuff. Uh, what do you all think of the AV club here? What do you think of these, of these headlines like this? Are we going to see more of them? And I, I do like that. Uh, one of the comments that I'm getting a lot to this video is that I didn't know that Yahoo was popular. Yahoo's popular. I promise. I promise. It might not be popular in your demographic. It might not be popular from anybody that you know, uh, but there are a lot of things out there that people maintain the popularity of, including like uh, hotmail addresses uh, that are just not things that I regularly deal with. So Yahoo is definitely giving a megaphone to voices and takes like this. Paige, does the court need to consider these appeals at the same time? Yes, they're going to be treating them uh, at the same time. Can they decide on this without consideration of AH's appeal? Well, they're, they're different legal concepts, right? So they're, they're supposed to take any given legal concept separately and evaluate those uh, specifically on their own. You'll see references in that brief if you dive deeply into it as to what they have to take on de novo, which is that they don't take on the trial court's opinion at all. It's treated as a new uh, kind of case for them. And they'll have some of those on the Amber Heard brief side of things as well. Now, if you remember, Amber Heard's bringing, I don't remember, 17 uh, complaints of error, a number of which are lame, at least one of which is something that the Court of Appeals will probably at least entertain. Uh, and Johnny Depp is, is basically, even though you saw three there, it's it's basically all kind of collapsed down into Waldman, Waldman, whatever he said, Johnny Depp should not be held liable for. And that all kind of goes uh, goes together. Emily says Yahoo has a lot of republication of other outlets. Yeah, that's part of what we talked about uh, earlier on, which is this notion, because we've covered stuff in this space from places like USA Today and now Yahoo. Uh, and we've seen others that do this republication and it's become something of a problem for at least some of these outlets. USA Today, the coverage that we had was something that they had to rescind. This was video gaming, uh, that the, the underlying outlet rescinded. And USA Today basically went out there and said, uh, these are just licensees. 
It's like, okay, that's fine, but you're in the best place to make sure that the licensees are providing good information to your clientele, your customers, your readership. And so I really do think a lot of these outlets that are looking to just get content, get pages, get clicks are, are going to have to eventually take a look at these things if uh, their reputation matters to them at all. And maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't matter for clicks. Maybe you're just using your big giant customer base and anything can go out there. And I, I do think that this whole conversation, this whole argument about journalists and truth is going to dovetail with the Elon Musk stuff. So I'll probably be covering this again later today. Uh, but it's very, very interesting. And I really do wish that some of these places that have this kind of capacity, these resources, were taking an extra step to make sure that they were at least vetting them a little, just a little bit, uh, like Seth from the AV Club, etc. Kelly says, I still have my Yahoo email. Fantastic. If it's working for you, there's no reason to get rid of it. I just think that sometimes people say, oh, nobody uses Yahoo or, or nobody uses Hotmail. And it's like, oh, it's not true. They're still pretty popular in a lot of different places. Matthew Hogue, we obviously will wait until we see Amber Heard file her appeal and we will see articles describe it as a walk in the park and adopt her statements as truth. Hopefully not, but we'll get to it. Trust me when I say, if there are articles about these kinds of things, we will cover them uh, here. And as always, leave a comment, uh, put something in a DM. I will try to find everything I can. This was actually brought to me by a community member. Uh, I didn't see it personally. And that always works fantastically well. And I'm super, super appreciative of all the people that are doing that and sending on these documents. I cannot, I cannot see the whole of the internet uh, without help from all of you and, and folks like you. So thank you so much for that. Uh, but I think everybody's in agreement here. I'm just scrolling through the chat. I'm kind of scanning through it. <laughs> Kelly says, it's a family-friendly chat hug, so we can't really say what we think on this. Fair enough. I will just lodge it as, I understand, Kelly. I understand what you're feeling about this particular story. And since Emily is in the chat, I think she has some mugs and some statements that kind of go with uh, what happens when things aren't fact-based. Uh, in the journalist reporting. So I think that probably is a uh, pretty accurate of how you're thinking about these things. CJ, <laughs> uh, uh, CF Geldstrom, I think it's been a long time since the media has been responsible for checking actual facts. They take what the popular opinion is and they treat it as fact. Some of them do, some of them do. And that makes me sad. I, I think that journalism is very important. I really do. Uh, some people come into this space or otherwise have talked about this show, Hangouts and Headlines. Uh, and said, uh, yeah, Hogue, take down the journalists. That's not really my intent. My intent is more of a holding the feet to the fire. You can do better. You can do better on these things. Uh, but just watching Twitter, for instance, right now, this morning, this, yesterday, that verification badges and, and what journalism means, uh, it gives you pause. It gives you pause all the time that they, they think that they are an enlightened class uh, that is there to uh, proselytize, to tell you how you should think of the truth and then how you should feel about what you should think about the truth. Uh, and, and that, to me, is a problem. So we're going to have headlines as long as they're out there doing it. And I'm not sure that they're ever going to stop. So we're going to have that purpose to say, look, you can do better than this. You can be a news reporter. And then you can have an op-ed section. And you can tell us all that you want about those things. And I, hey, I might, I might have one of those op-eds or, or more in these headline sections to talk about why they're silly. But you can separate out. You can do a better job. Uh, and I'd like to think that in our little corner of the internet, we can hopefully get more people saying, yeah, we expect more. We expect more journalists and also pointing out when it's done well, right? I do try, and it's not as often as I would like to pull out articles where I think, hey, this was done well. I talked about some of the local Wisconsin reporting with respect to Daryl Brooks that I thought they did well. And I hope to do more of that 
uh, pretty often. But this article, the AV Club's article, was just insanity to me. So I thought, hey, let's bring that insanity to the people. What better way to celebrate a Monday, right? Let's let's take a look at how ridiculous this is because this went out to a lot of people this weekend. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, it's almost 9 a.m. in the Eastern Standard Time Zone now in uh, the East Coast, which Michigan isn't. Don't get confused on geography here. We just have a really big Eastern Time Zone, uh, and people always get confused about what hour I'm even saying things in over here. But I wanted to let you know uh, we're going to have that virtual legality. Go check out Ian Runkle's link. Go check out my friends on YouTube making more specific, longer-form commentary on the brief. On the Johnny Depp side of things, I think it's a pretty straightforward brief. I think it's a pretty strong one. Doesn't mean he'll necessarily win, but if I had to bet on it, I'd say Johnny Depp has a pretty good argument. I'd say he will. Uh, so we will see how that goes there, and we will definitely be covering whatever pops out of things on headlines land with respect to the Amber Heard documents. For everybody else, please check out Virtual Legality. Check out everything. We got Lawyers and Dragons from this weekend. We've got Ian Runkle's stream where I'm on for seven hours or whatever. Uh, so do check that out. Emily, thanks for popping head, your head in. Emily says, I have found local reporting to largely be more balanced and detailed. That's my, been my experience as well. You popped into the Wisconsin stuff for Daryl Brooks, and it was all very specific. It was detailed. There were very light editorializing issues with some of the summaries of the days in court, uh, but that was very, very light and totally understandable. Things like describing something as bedlam uh, and, and whatnot. Uh, and I've, I was very impressed uh, by the way that those Wisconsin outlets were reporting on those things. So maybe we just have to stay local, folks. Maybe we just have to stay local. But thank you so much, Emily. I really appreciate it. I know you're traveling this week. Have a safe trip. Uh, and thank you so much for popping in. Uh, to everybody else, I will see you next time, either in Hangouts and Headlines or in Virtual Legality. Have an absolutely wonderful Monday and a great week.